Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this episode of Chatty Cathy. Today, I was joined by Dr. Andrew Mercer, a very wise man and a new campus minister here at Catholic Campus Ministry. In this episode, we talk a little bit about his conversion to the Catholic faith and his very first year at, as a Catholic Campus Ministry campus minister. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Chatty Cathy. It has been a little bit since our last episode. There have been hiatuses of out-of-town weekends and um, holidays that have happened at school. So it's been a little bit, but we are starting, we are coming back with a banger. I am joined by Dr. Andrew Mercer, who is a, um, I'm going to say brand new because he hasn't been here a year yet, um, campus minister at Catholic Campus Ministry here, who has his doctorate in, we tried to talk about it right before, <laughs> but what was it again? Historical theology. Historical theology. So there we go. So basically, um, he, that means he has a PhD, which means he's a smart dude. Um, so we're going to talk to him uh, a little bit about some of his experiences, which the first one I want to do um, is that you are a convert to the Catholic faith and you converted as an adult, um, recently True. was, uh, what, 2017, correct? Yeah, good memory. Yeah, I'm not too bad, I'm not too bad. Um, but what were some of the things, um, as an adult, that drew you to the Catholic faith and why you wanted to dive deeper into that, and then at that point in your life, make the decision to become a Catholic? Sure. Uh, well, so it was 2017 that I entered the church, but it had been like a at least 10-year process of heading that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't like a, um, that's when, uh, we made the decision to do it, but it had been boiling for a long time. So, um, a lot went into it. Um, uh, I'd say the kind of main factors were getting really deep into studying church history. Um, I before grad school, I didn't really have a great awareness of, um, what was going on in the church, at least like in the sort of micro level before the reformation. Mm-hmm. So I came in, I became a Christian like late junior high, early high school, um, in an evangelical independent church and, uh, yeah, just didn't really know much of sort of pre-Protestant Christianity. Um, and then I had to read, I did like a church history survey course for my undergrad, all of church history in one semester. Um, so real broad, but, uh, it was enough that I was exposed enough in that, uh, in that brief, uh, time of looking at early church history to have lots of questions about what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so that led studying uh, history led to a lot of questioning and uh, of those kinds of things. Um, I had a growing appreciation for and concern for division within the church and the lack of unity. Um, and a lot of that kind of stemming from uh, dwelling a lot on the words of Christ in John 17, um, praying for his followers to be one as he and the father are one. And so a lot of my thinking uh, kind of revolved around that um, issue. And I still, that one is still a big one for me. Um, The role of the papacy in guaranteeing that unity was something that I came to see and appreciate over time. Mm -hmm. So before I be, before I started looking into Catholicism uh, in depth, I I had uh, pursued Eastern Orthodoxy quite a bit. Um, and as you probably know, there's no a lot. There's lots of similarities between the Catholic Church and the Orthodox Church, yeah. but there is no uh, single head in the Orthodox Church like there is in the Catholic Church. Right. There's no pope. 
there's no pope. There's bishops of you know districts or whatever. Right. Yeah. Um, and some of them have some, you know more sort of uh, authority than others. But um, but yeah, there's no there's no position like the pope. And so um, that one took me a while to to kind of come around on. But I slowly became convinced over right. time that the that uh, the papacy was sort of a divine provision for the church to actually. Um, uh, live out the unity that Christ prayed for. Mm-hmm. So. Was that one of the only challenges you had? Because I know a lot of the time um, there's that stigma of uh, when, you know, like with the rosaries and our devotion to Mary. Yeah. Was that also kind of a little bit of a those, thing? Or was that a little bit easier? I mean, I had those uh, concerns about thought. That's probably, those things probably are part of why I looked into orthodoxy first. Mm-hmm. Um, because like a lot of, uh, Protestants, I just had stereotypical views of what Catholics believed on those things and and didn't appreciate them because they weren't right. <laughs> what the real, uh, what Catholics actually believe. Um, but it was almost all of those kind of issues um, as soon as I learned about the sort of development of those ideas and stuff and the, uh, the intent behind them and all that stuff. I didn't take me long to accept them. So Very nice. Yeah. What... Um... What changes can you see in your life throughout your years of uh, like officially being Catholic since 2017? I know it's like kind of a small sample size comparatively, mm-hmm. um, but what like changes or growth or like whatever good things that you see have come out of this um, that I'm sure you have already shared with us in even yeah. subtle ways when you've been ministering to us here? Yeah, that's a good question. Um... Um, I think in some ways I, I probably can't answer that question well until I'm probably 10 years further in or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, looking back on this time, but, um, because since that time, a lot has happened in our, in our lives, um, not connected with becoming Catholic. Um, so me finishing, uh, my PhD, which was, uh, a big pain, <laughs> right. Um, along with raising little kids, um, maintaining our marriage, um, moving around to different jobs, moving to different places to live, different states, you know, uh, the past few years, just been a lot of, uh, lack of steadiness, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, but there's definitely been change in terms of my own like personal spiritual life. Um, um, and I had been anticipating, um, my, you know, participation in the sacraments, uh, for a long time and, and that has definitely been probably the biggest uh, sort of change in my spiritual life has been the nourishment that I received there, the, um, yeah, just the, everything that goes along with that. I don't know, sacramental participation in the church in that way. Um, So that's been a big one. Um, I'd say another big one has been, uh, so uh, I'm, for people that don't know, I'm married and have two kids and, um, my wife didn't become Catholic when I did, and we've been talking about it a lot since then. She supported me, but she wasn't ready to do that herself. Um, and we've kind of um, thought a lot about, reflected on our marriage sort of being an image of the church itself in this time, mm-hmm. where you had two people that really um, love the Lord and want to make the you know our faith the primary thing in our life, but we disagree on what that should look like. Right. Um, but we also want to pursue unity in that and all those kinds of things. And so, um, that's been another big one as challenging as it can be. Um, I think it's a, like, it's kind of a good 
pain to work through. Um, and I think that's how it's going to be for the church too. If we, if Christians want to pursue unity, and of course I hope they should, or hope they do, um, then it's going to be a painful process, but uh, but one that's necessary to right. get where we need to be. So yeah, I've heard that uh, there's something I don't know. It was one of my sociology classes where like um, change cannot happen without conflict. Hmm. So there's always going to be some kind of conflict, whether whether or not it's like you know bloody worry or like just argumentative or sure. whatever there's some in some capacity there's some conflict even if it's like whether it's a negative connotation or positive mm-hmm. that draws to that change so yeah i get that there's probably going to be a lot of um that pain throughout whatever uh, you know the unit the unity process right until we get to that point um do you think that we've been making steps in the right direction in that particular instance? Like the church at, at large? Yeah. Um, From what you yeah, know? Yeah, I do. Um, I don't think enough people have that as like a high high priority. Right. In terms of their spiritual uh, outlook. but um, And so I want to keep working for that. But um, no, there's definitely been progress, um, especially if you're comparing it to, you know, the past 500 years or so. Right, yeah. The, the relations between the Catholic Church and the Orthodox churches are... Uh, vastly improved compared to you know 150 years ago or so. Um, there's been lots of uh, friendly dialogue between the two, um, whereas for a while they didn't even talk or at all. you know get yeah. together at all. Um, so that's encouraging. There's been lots of progress between um, Catholics and other Protestant denominations. For example, the Lutherans, um, the the OG reformers. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, came to a one of the points of great disagreement at the, at the time of the Reformation was over the issue of justification. And um, uh, they, the Catholics and the Lutherans, at least some Lutherans, came to an agreement in the 90s, um, which seems like maybe a long time ago for you, but it's relatively mm. recent for me. I wasn't even um, born, yeah. <laughs> um, in the 90s about justification and said, okay, we, we now agree on this, and so that's kind of a big deal, things like that. Um, I think there's, well, yeah... In general, I think there's uh, we've made progress in terms of Protestant misunderstandings of Catholicism, but there's still a lot of work to do there. Um, and right. Then, and then in, in various Protestant uh, denominations and stuff, there's been progress in terms of them making uh, coming into greater agreement and unity. Mm. So Very I think nice. there's encouraging signs, but still right. a ton of work to do. So it's a little bit of ways out. Yes. Um, shifting a little bit. Um, so you are in your first year, at first academic year of ministering to us mm-hmm. as college students here at Catholic Campus Ministry. Yep. Um, I'm just, I know that you were approached, uh, what, what was it in 2017 or whatever? It was like it was, very recently or something? Like right after that. Yeah. I think it was right, because I had just become Catholic. Yeah, like, so I know that you were approached by this organization beforehand, mm-hmm. um, but now you're here now, which here is now. great. Yeah. Um, which, you know, whether this is a selfish thing or not to say, I'm very happy that I'm here for your very first year. Yeah. And it's great. You've been a great mentor to me in my oh. peer ministry days so far. I appreciate it. Going to continue that next year, which will be fun. Yeah, you guys have to bear with um, all of my... Uh, with me learning the ropes of everything, and <laughs> hey, I was doing that new this year. We yeah. were, but we were in the same boat together. We were <laughs> rocking that storm. Um, but uh, just a little bit of just how how's it been? I know that you know you moved from Colorado yeah. here. Right. I remember skateboarding over to your house and helping you move some furniture. We drove yeah. to Branson and did some of that stuff. Yep. But how's how's the uh, first year been so far? 
Positives, negatives. Yeah, it's been almost entirely positive. There we go. Delightful. Um, uh, I'd say, well, it's hard to think of any like real negative things, but one of the bigger challenges has been um, with college ministry. I would say lots of stuff happens at night. Mm. And uh, (laughs) as a a dad to younger kids, uh, there's also lots of family stuff that happens at night. So trying to balance those things. uh, has been a challenge and probably still try to figure that out next year. But, um, but no, I mean, pretty much everything has been great. I've loved, um, you know, worshiping together and, um, we've loved having you guys over to our house a few times. Oh, it's been uh, awesome. stuff there. Um, I love being involved in the peer ministry and mentoring you and, um, and, um, teaching classes and getting our connection with SLU up and running and all mm-hmm. those kind of things. It's been exciting and fun. Yeah. I must say one of the, one of my favorite things was when we found out like last year, mm-hmm. um, that you were coming. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like everything was like official. You just had to get here at that point. Right. <laughs> we found out, um, it was, it was me and Noah in particular, um, mm-hmm. when they said like, so he's like, yeah, he's a young, he's a young father. Youngish. And, well, <laughs> okay. You're young. You don't have a single gray hair on your head at all. So I think we're good. Um, I think I will in the next year. Hey, sometimes stress does that to you. Yeah. Um, but Noah and I got really excited um, just for the sake of like that role modelship um, and that good, especially as a college ministry at this point in uh, a lot of people's lives. Um, they're, you know, in relationships, maybe thinking about, you know, obviously being in the moment, having a good time, just being a college student. Right. Um, but there is that, you know, every now and again, that thought of later on in life. Sure. Um, and being that you came here as a young father, um, and obviously a, a good practicing Catholic and a good steward of that, um, <laughs> Noah and I were very excited for that example to other young men here mm-hmm. um, to see that and to understand that, like, yeah, there's a lot of responsibility, but it is a very noble thing, and mm-hmm. it's something that hopefully maybe sparked a desire in them at some point to maybe change their uh, individual selves so that they could better prepare themselves for potentially somebody else if that is what God is calling them to do so. Yeah. So Yeah. Well, they thought that was really cool. Yeah. Um, so obviously you are a, um, you know, theologian of sorts. Of sorts. Yeah, there are um, several things you said about me just now that I would uh, tend to disagree with, but... <laughs> like what? <laughs> well, I think I'm probably not a very good practicing Catholic, but... Oh. Uh, and also I'm, I'm almost 40, so I'm like a middle-aged, not youngish. Okay, well... Almost 40 is what, 38? <laughs> yeah. Hey, 30s or 30s? <laughs> if my dad is listening to this, he'll tell you you're young. Sure, and, yeah, it's all relative. So, it's all relative. yeah, we're good. Um, but what I know, I, I see you reading all the time, which I love. Yeah. And I'm sure that there are some people out there that would appreciate maybe some uh, suggestions of things to read, especially oh, uh, theologically, if they really oh, want to go with that. Yeah. Um, do you have anything off the top of your brain with books or even like maybe pod, other podcasts mm-hmm. or other things that you have seen or read or watched? Yeah. Is there any like recommendations you got? I hardly listen to any podcasts except for Chatty Cathy yeah. and um, Olive and Vine. Right? Well, <laughs> we're going to do a collab with Olive and Vine here soon. Oh. That'll be fun. Good. Um, so I don't have any recommendations there. Um Actually, there is one. It's not theology related, but it's like it's on some random BBC 
mm-hmm. uh, radio thing. It's like uh, it's called In Our Time, and they do they cover like history, religion, literature, just kind of several different subject areas. Anyway, it's well done, and I like it. But um, but I will qualify this by saying that I'm a really boring person, mm. and um, and most of the recommendations I make when people follow them, they say, that was really boring. I couldn't make it through it or something. What is this? Um, it's just a so, bunch of words. Right. There's no story. This isn't, where's, where's the Dark Lord Sauron? Yeah. I mean, yeah. where's my conflict? You mean learning itself isn't exciting enough? <laughs> um, so books, that's really hard because it's, uh, it's hard for, I mean, like to make general recommendations without knowing the people. Because uh, some people like, you know digging into the details and some people like uh, just sort of survey level stuff. So mm-hmm. I don't know We're I always recommend uh, what our slew at CCM course is reading right now, which is Augustine's confessions. Mm. There's lots of sort of saintly literature like that, that I would recommend. Um, but there's almost too many to name them right now. Um, Teresa of Lisieux, story of a soul, uh, Aquinas, Summa Theologia. Um, but yeah, some of those are, you have, to be, you have to be really committed if you want to try to right. do all of it. So. Are they like really thick or just dense? Uh, Summa is both. Nice. Um, Love that. Therese and Augustine uh, go together well because they're both kind of spiritual autobiographies. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there's like a, a story of sorts, at right. least, kind of like that a people life, yeah. enjoy, can follow along with. Um, I, and obviously I recommend them because of you see a lot of their you get a lot of insight into their spiritual habits and spiritual growth and how God, how they experience God. And I think that helps us experience God in new ways, but and Augustine, saints, so it's always good to and saints, so that's, yeah. take advice from right. them. That's their, yeah. Why they're saints, they're exemplary for us. But, um, Augustine, even in his, uh, confessions, which is autobiography has dense material. Right. Uh, so some of our students are struggling through his word choice analysis of, uh, memory and time and eternity mm. and all these things right now so i i don't know sometimes i like that stuff i like the, i love it i sometimes like those deeper conversations or whatever that gets my brain kind of thinking a little bit definitely i love finishing a book and having more questions than answers it is kind of fun it is kind of fun. It makes me want to keep keep reading figuring it out yeah yeah um as a as the year has gone by um what are some things um, that you can see us doing well as college students or other ways of like how we can grow in fellowship and stewardship with one another um, in our faith. Uh, it, personally, I've seen so much growth in mm-hmm. just this one academic year mm-hmm. uh, uh, compared to my freshman year. Not that last year, last year was still great. Yeah. Um, and it could just be that I'm, you know, in a different, you know, mindset. So I'm looking at things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have seen a lot of good things happening this year, but what are some things that um, you've either thought about or had ideas about how um, we can continue to grow in our fellowship with one another? Hmm. Uh, so like you want you, questions about like what we can do in the future or what, or yeah, what, what are we doing what, this year that has been good? Yeah, it could be both um, a little bit of maybe about what we're doing this year, but also I think a little bit more about yeah. what, what can we do, or even if it's something good, what can we continue and maybe adapt with? Yeah. Something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, as a campus ministry staff, we've been recently reflecting on, like, 
the fact that we're still probably moving into more of like an apostolic age um, out of an out of a, a long period of time where Christianity was sort of the standard for society, you know, right, and into a period of time where, um, yeah, you can't you can't uh, expect people to sort of have a basic knowledge of Christianity and um, ex- you can't expect people to be friendly towards Christianity, those kind of things. And mm-hmm. so um, I think any kind of efforts aimed at living that out would be good. Um, one area where I think you, we, yes, you and us <laughs> right. all together have been, uh, that has been good and, and I think is needed on that front is um, in like building a loving community. Um, and of course we can always improve on, you know, how we do that. But, yeah. um, I, um, I think I'm nearly quoting, um, Hanser's von Balthasar when I say this, <laughs> but, um, uh, Hey, you cited your source, no plagiarism. Yeah. Here. Yeah. You're good. But I, th- I agree with them that the gospel is only believable in the context of a loving community. Um, love is what makes embodied love like love within a community is what makes the gospel credible um and again that's uh i think that's part of what christ is saying in john 17 but um uh you know that the world will know that you sent me because of the unity of the of Mm -hmm. my followers so um uh so yeah i think we i think we need to kind of double down there um building a loving community not um you know, on my end, uh, since I do a lot of sort of the educational stuff, I think I need to get out of that mindset and uh, not get out of that mindset, but like um, be more intentional about um, not not prioritizing uh, teaching and reading and education, those, those elements of my position, you know, um, and focus more on uh, yeah, investing in the communal aspect. And so, right. Um, yeah, I think whatever we can do on that front, so that we, you know, when we do invite people here, um, we do encounter new people. They they see everybody like wants that. that yeah, um, they see the kind of like family knit. community. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, but we have to. It takes a lot of work to maintain that, uh, to build it and to maintain it. So yeah, especially since it's like almost every four years, people right. are rotating out, rotating in mm-hmm. on college campuses. Exactly. So yeah, it's you know keeping that like the middle people as the glue that can tie everybody together and keep that going which i think is one of the things that i have seen improved on this year which obviously we can always continue to get better and grow with that um but i think that's been good yeah so i think building a loving community making sure it's a place where you know any any newcomer you know shows up and they're they feel welcomed by everybody Mm -hmm. um no matter where they're coming from right you know um and um also being like a community that's known for serving. Um, and I think we've done a good job there. This We've had tons and tons of service projects yes. and of opportunities. Yeah. And I think that's great um, and definitely needs to be part of our identity. So, yeah. Very nice. All right. So we're about wrapping up here. Uh, and I have a question to ask you. Um, and I will kind of announce it to the world maybe if you say yes to this. Oh, dear. I was wondering <laughs> because... Um, you know, you, and everything that I have asked so far that it comes to theology, I've had, I've had pretty good answers to. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I talk to you and Father, and I think Father's already on board with this always, but that's kind of like 100% his job being a priest. Yeah. But I was wondering if I, like, would go around every now and again and ask people, like, do you have any kind of, like, 
theological questions about the church or just questions about the church in general. Mm-hmm. And then I'd be like, and I, and I'll get my, I'll get my guy, uh, doc hmm. to answer them oh, on like a, a little, very short kind of Q and a episode of chatty Cathy every now and again, like uh-huh. just a small little segment of like, yeah, yeah. you know, like Javi asked, uh, this question and we talk about that for a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to have father do that too. So it's not going to just be on you, yeah. but would you be willing to do that every now and again? For sure. Awesome. I love exploring uh, questions. Yeah. But I don't always arrive at a solid, you know. Hey, and that's okay. It must be this way. A lot of where I land is like, it could be this way or it could be that way. That's Hey, that's good (laughs) because that opens up other conversations and deeper thoughts. So I love that. Uh, In those particular instances, I will actually give you the questions to give you some time to prepare and answer. I I know that this this first one of just you and I was just... Yeah. kind of natural dialogue. so did you have one of those questions yeah. already or no no personally just, no i oh, do okay. not no, that's no, just no. a future thing that was definitely just a future thing gotcha. that i definitely was thinking about i was like you know i could get him every now and again back on for like a small little q a yeah. session with things so yeah i guess that is a uh, out to the world now anybody who listens or anybody i talk to if you have any questions about uh theology or the catholic church and history of it or anything along those lines or even if you just uh Want to ask a random question that you just want Doc or Father Bibbin to answer in some funny way? By all means, uh, ask it. Uh, you can talk to me about it. Most of the people who listen anyway have my contact information because they're mostly friends. Yep. So, by all means, text me, call me, e- email, I guess, if you're an email person. Um, don't don't fax me. I don't have a fax machine. But um, any, any other method pretty much other than that and... We're good to go. But thank you for coming. I appreciate yeah. it. I was really looking forward to this. I yeah, me was, too. Thanks. That was really exciting. If no one takes you up on the questions, can I submit my own questions for me to answer? Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Just if things, you have, just things yeah. I want to talk about. If you have and I don't care if anybody else cares about them. Oh, no, for sure. If you have something that's like kind of been coming up in your brain over and over again, you're like, I, I kind of want to talk about this. Mm-hmm. Um, by all means, you can ask me and we can get down and we can put it out here on the internet where it can you know it can reach a lot of people Mm -hmm. um not just people here but you know people in india yeah my demographics i have a few people from nigeria and india and south america right something like that it's crazy yeah it's great mo obviously most of these like 90 something percent from the united states which makes sense that doesn't matter father i think it's father vivin's brother back in india yeah is listening which is really cool I don't know his name, but shout out. And then Father other, other colorations may be scattered around. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of cool. It's kind of yeah. fun. But yeah, by all means, if you had something that kind of on your mind and you want it out there and we can't necessarily get like a CCM sponsored event, we mm-hmm. can definitely put it on Chatty Cathy and get it out there. I Sounds think that'd good. be fun. Great. Thank you very much. I appreciate your time. Glad to be here.